Haven't you guys ever seen a superhero before? I'm Robin. We're the Teen Titans. Rock on. It's cool to meet you guys. I'm Tara. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 120, the comic book show that's one nerd short of a barbershop quartet. <laughs> I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Oh, you didn't jump in, Dave. No. Oh, <laughs> disappointing. I can do deep voice, I can't. Egon! <laughs> in this issue, Oprah Winfrey may be leading the Suicide Squad. Look inside your skulls because you get a bomb and you get a bomb and you get a bomb. Also, Benedict Cumberbatch has been cast as Doctor Strange. He's already denying that he's actually playing Khan. Then it's Secret Six, Wolf Moon, Thanos versus Hulk, Shaft and Flash versus Arrow in what we've been reading and watching. Plus, our kick-ass personal pick of the week, Terror by Jimmy Palmiotic, Justin Gray and Amanda Connor. This is Behind the Panels. Earth, Earth, wind, water, hot, planet. Your powers combined, I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. He's a powers magnified. And he's fighting on the planet side. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to We're the Planeteers. You can be one too. Because saving our planet is a thing to My do. My ring is love. <laughs> <laughs> I love it how there was like earth, wind, water, fire. Love. Heart. <laughs> yes. I get heart. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Because the token South American gets heart. That's what they got. Well, in the era they needed the hearts. <laughs> <laughs> They're also missing like two continents. No. <laughs> heart. I get Frankincense <laughs> and I, myrrh. I'm myrrh. <laughs> oh, boys, we're back. It doesn't. It seems like longer than a week since we've mm. done this. It does, and I'm not sure mm. why that is. Probably because it has been storming and hot, storming and hot, mm. storming and hot. And that's just in this room. <laughs> <laughs> that's just in my heart. <laughs> oh, we're, we're well into the end of the season now because we're doing personal picks this week. Of course, we're doing David's personal pick, which is Terra. Um, but I'd like to take you back to a simpler time when uh, Migo was into uh, some questionable practices. Holy moly, it's the fist-fighting superheroes, Batman and Robin. What's this? Fist-fighting foes too? Can the dynamic duo triumph over evil? Will these fantastic fist-fighters foil the fiendish foes? Any one of them can be set for Kung Fu and Karate. Never fear. Those fantastic fist-fighting crime fighters will surely triumph over the Joker and Riddler. Fist-fighting superheroes and foes. Amigo. That's Let's not right. forget the karate. Karate. Late 1970s Migo. All about the fisting. <laughs> so, <laughs> questionable. Questionable, folks. Uh, we've been doing a lot of reading this week, so I'm going to take us straight into what we've been reading because uh, a lot of books came out this mm. week and there's a few that we that I even missed. Even me. Wow. Me. You. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. 
Oh, so many came out this week. The, probably the biggest title that came out from DC is the new Secret Six. Actually, it's Secret Six. Now, I'm confused about this because didn't Gail Simone leave DC? Yeah, I thought so too. <clears throat> That's what we were told. We were misinformed, people. <laughs> but, uh, but then so did Nicola, and she's still doing something next month well, as well. That's true. So. Um, I don't know. Maybe nobody ever leaves. It's like when... when uh, <laughs> Just when they thought they were out, they told me back in. You've always been uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> I like where we went from Godfather 3 to The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank Nerds! you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Just when you think I'm out. Your point. Pull me back in. <laughs> oh. To a porno, apparently. <laughs> uh, Secret Six, number one. Now, this is this is an interesting thing. I loved the old Secret Six series. This is the back. I actually never read the old. It's Secret it's brought up. This is uh, that was of course uh, Gail and Nicola did the uh, Nicola Scott did the uh, the original Secret Six series. Actually, and I lie. I think I have read some of the original. Of course, you have. You lie. I think I have read some of the original. You lie Six. with your anyway. lying eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's look, it's really good, and this this is a great return to that kind of. This is a great book. I really enjoyed this. Now, somebody actually, the the person at my local Sydney comic book store asked me what I thought about the artwork on this and she said she wasn't quite sold on it yet. And uh, I I quite like it, but it is very different to if you're used to Nicola Scott's kind of stuff. This is uh, Ken Lashley uh, does the art on this and uh, it is a little rough around the edges. I guess you could say it's a little bit closer to uh, what the, the Sean Murphy end of the scale uh, then that kind of polished bit, yeah. that yeah, polished yeah. Uh, um, Nicola Scott stuff, but it's not quite that kind of sort of punk rock uh, stuff that Sean no, it, Murphy does. It still does. Has, it has a lot more detail as and well. Yeah, it's got a lot more detail, but it's it is look, it's a, it's a, interesting. Like they introduce, frankly, one of the most ridiculous characters who's ever graced uh, comic book history, which is Catman. Um, <laughs> Am I supposed to fight Dark Side because I'm just a guy? That's <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> but in Secret Six, he was always a bit. He was he was quite cool, and he played it for yeah. laughs. And they, they they made him a very laconic character. And here they've made him a bit more of a badass. But I don't think they ever once mentioned him as Catman in here. Turned by no. His, and in fact, I didn't even name. put it together that he was Catman until probably three quarters of the way through the book. Only that I'm DC guy. I know these things. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> said something, she said, but there's one character who says something like, I'm really more of a dog person. Yeah. So they obviously make reference to it in that. But look, I really like this book. I think this is a great new series from DC. And a return, to the, from, uh, return of the Ventriloquist from uh, Gail's Batgirl. Yes. So, Looking a lot more haggard than she was then. Yeah, so. absolutely. So no, this is, this is definitely a new DC title that is worth investing some time and money in. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a couple in a month now. A I couple know. in a row now. So. Uh, what else we got out this week? We got. Uh, did you guys get a chance to read Escape from New York? Did uh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, look, I'm not as invested in the Escape from New York franchise as you two are. Well, let's 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 backtrack that a little bit. I love the I love Escape from New York. I think Escape from LA is one of the biggest pieces of trash ever to grace our screens. Yeah, I think we mentioned this last week, but it's. it's <laughs> is, there, uh, is there anybody out there that thinks the inverse of that? Though? This this one's weird. It's, it's called Escape from New York, but it looks like it's going to be set largely in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get. Escape from Florida. Florida. What's interesting it's about... A, it's it's escape a snake from New, it's, retiring. Well, it's escape... It's escape, <laughs> it's escape, it's escape from... snake me. in his wheelchair. Yeah. He's, He's like, when will I escape this? It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's too cold. I think I found out this book was... What time's that, dinner? Four o'clock. I thought the first couple of pages were actually really intriguing because it was literally a direct follow-on from the movie. It starts with him pulling the tape out, which is the last scene of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I think it wanes in the middle of the book. I found mm. I found myself reading, going, well, "I'm getting really bored here. What's going on?" It's not until he gets to the gates of Florida yes. that suddenly you go, "Okay, now I'm interested." Well, he hooks again. up with this crew of people, and they they're all mostly uninteresting except for this one girl who ends up being like spoilers. People, they all get killed except for her. So it ends up being two of them. <laughs> and then she runs away. <laughs> she runs away, but it looks like it's going to be them teaming up. Yeah, you know this this kick-ass chick and Snake. Teaming up to do stuff. Overall, look, it's it's, it's a license. It's a last. It's a licensed title. It's okay. I think it's thirty years too late. Yeah, um, but it's all right. I'm going to skip over a few titles just to, so we can talk about this one back to back, which is Shaft. Yep, because it's another retro. Revival. I like this a lot more. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Because of course, we know the the Richard Roundtree uh, portrayal mm. of Shaft. Shut your mouth. He's a bad mother. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Because I can dig it. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm talking about Shaft. John Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Who is? <that>? Um, <laughs> yeah, and look, it's interesting because it actually doesn't. They don't use the movie at all. This is this takes you back. It's basically origin of Shaft. It's like pre. Oh, he's a boxer. Yeah, he's a boxer post-war. Mm. So uh, it's really interesting the way they've done that. Doesn't even have the moustache yet. Not yet. So I'm waiting for the uh, the origin of the moustache. That's that's this that's is the something issue I'll actually, I will actually follow a little bit more on with, like Jim um, Gordon in Gotham. Yes, <laughs> I thought this was actually an interesting way to handle a, a, a license title. Mm. Um, I think Escape from New York is kind of pat. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think they're two opposite ends of the spectrum. I think this one's actually taken that world and decided to explore it, whereas Escape from New York is just trying almost, to... almost feels like a parody of it. Yeah, yeah, it really does, doesn't yeah. it? Um, but some of the other ones that came out this week, another new number one came out was Wolf Moon. Uh, there's a new Vertigo title by Cullen Bunn. I, I loved this which book. I really, really enjoyed. I it as well. really loved this book. Uh, I thought this, this took me off guard completely. It's uh, look, the artwork is divine in this one. The artwork uh, is fantastic. the The story is basically about a guy who's trying to hunt down a werewolf. Um, they've taken the mythos of the werewolf and said that it's not quite what you think. He actually says in the book they lied. Yes. It's not it's not about being scratched or bitten by a wolf that passes it on. It is something that just jumps from host to host. Yeah. And uh and you never know who's gonna be next. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because it's 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 actually um the the wolf is is it's like a vicious creature rather than actually being mm. a a uh, hunt like they sort of do this comparison between real wolves hunt for prey, like hunt for survival. This wolf is just a vicious creature. Yeah, it's just a killer. And I really like it. I, lo- I really like what they've done with that concept. Mm. There's one guy who's dedicated now, is this a, his is whole this life. Ongoing or is this a mini? I believe it's an ongoing. Because um, I'm, I'm wondering, oh, I'm wondering could, how long they can a, carry it. It could be a mini. Hang on, I'll see if I can. If it actually says it on the cover of the thing. Because if it's an ongoing, I think it might uh, outstay its welcome. But as a mini, this it is might. Intriguing. Although the world is is potentially. A good one. Mm. They could keep this going, unless you know if they they brought in potential other characters as well, like other things as well. Like it could be like a monster of the week. It may not just be the wolf. The wolf possible, could be the catalyst. Possible, yeah. Uh, but it's look, it's really good. Uh, Cullen Bunn keeps writing amazing stuff lately. Jeremy um, Horn Hound uh, is the uh, artist on this one, and there's some really really dark art in this thing as well. And I mean, violent it gets, as hell. It gets very 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 dark. I'm just seeing if anyone. Um, that we know of did the colouring on this thing because the colours are divine. Uh, this is really kind of faded, uh, almost uh, sort of Hollingsworth-esque um, colour work on this, but I don't I don't recognise, I don't see any titles mm, in here. I think it was just uh, Horn did all the art, <coughs> colours, pencils, inks, so forth on this. But it is, it is a really, really interesting book. I like the lead character, you know, your, mm. your typical grizzled, uh, um, scarred up, Thing. He's got the wife at home who says, oh, he's just going out for one last 
you know, But he, in his head he's basically saying, I may not return. But uh, look, we'll, we'll whip through a couple of these other ones quickly because uh, we've got a lot to talk about after this in terms of what we've been watching because a lot of things are starting to wrap up. But um, Thanos versus Hulk. Jim Starlin, man. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this, is, this is a book that actually has Pip the Troll as a, lead, as, as a main character. My only complaint with this book, if anything, is the fact that it is only a six-issue mini or a four-issue mini or whatever it is. It should be a graphic novel. It, it should be. It's four issues. Yeah, because that's where right. Starlin works best. It should just be a yeah. one-off Graphic novel, and you can feel that these because these are they're about they're about twenty one pages the issue, mm-hmm. so it feels as though he might have taken something longer and had to, to cut it up into uh, four yeah. issues because they decided to milk it. Because we've just had it actually says in the introduction this is set before um, the Infinity Revelation and uh, after that run of Hulk where he's like. Uh, basically, uh, uh, point him in the right direction for yeah, shields. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, that, that yeah, kind the of indestructible, Hulk, the indestructible yeah, Hulk yeah. run. So it's sort of after that. Um, it's during that or well, around that time. Well, it's during that because they actually make mention of the That's fact right. that so he's working for it's shields. It's during that yeah. time, but before Infinity Revelation. So you got that. You got Jim Scar- Scarlin, Jim Starlin doing Cosmic, which is awesome. Always, awesome. it's always awesome. Um, so that's great. <laughs> I've but said then, it before. I'll say it again. Nobody writes. Thanos, Thanos, however you want to say it. Nobody writes Thanos like Jim Starlin. And, and, or draws. Or draws. Or draws him, because yeah. like this is, again, Stalin writing and, mm. and arting. Uh, arting. Arting. That's just the word. That's and how official. awesome is it to have Banner and the Hulk both in Banner's head? In oh, like a, in, in like the, the limbo purple place? planet yeah, place. Awesome. And Hulk's like, what Hulk doing here? They're only supposed to be one, <laughs> in, there, one in there at a time because yeah. it's where they go when the other one takes when, over. Yeah. But they're both in there and they're like, how good is that? Yeah. And then, oh, like the, 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 the twist reveal of who else turns up in that space at yeah. the end is quite very cool <laughs> as well. Uh, look, finally, um, Angela Asgard's assassin uh, also came out this week. And, and look, you know, uh, clue me in, dear listeners, because uh, I, I, I'm confused because I think what's happened is they've now – established that Angela's people used to be, like she used to be connected to Asgard, but then her people went off somewhere else and then she like they've, 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 they've retconned in this, this, this let's continuity see if, let's, see if I, let's see if I've got it straight because my understanding of the retcon continuity, because I don't know Angela outside of Marvel. Okay, let's no, get that straight. No, I, I've, I've barely even met her. But my understanding of this book, which mm. let me say it for the record, I didn't mind. As a book, I thought this was actually okay. Um, but my understanding is Angela was raised thinking that she was an angel and part of whatever this angel clan is that she's supposed to be. Much like my upbringing, really. <laughs> Turns out, as things turn out in retcon worlds, she was actually one of Odin's daughters ah. and snatched, basically. So she doesn't know she's So she'd be Angela Odin's daughter. Apparently. Mm. And now she's been told she's Asgardian, but she's been raised to always hate Asgardians. Oh, the classic tale. Oh, isn't it? Tale as old as time. <laughs> Song as old as rhyme. Most interesting thing about this Beauty entire... and the... Sorry. Most interesting thing about this entire title was the last panel. Yes. Which basically, spoilers and all people, the last panel, which has Thor depowered. But just being, and he's turned up with, uh, with the warriors, th- Sif and the warriors' throne. Uh, absolutely, but he doesn't have the hammer, and he's not the. He says, "Angela, you go too far. This is abominable, even for one raised by monsters." You sound like Tim Curry for a minute there. <laughs> you go too far because I'm a sweet transvestite <laughs> from transsexual. Uh, oh what's it? Asgard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so I didn't look. I didn't mind it. I'll, I'll stick with it. I think. What they've done with Angela with the Guardians run and now in her own book, it's been kind of interesting. 
and because I have no background. If I was probably a fan of images, uh, Angela, I'd probably hate her. And if I you'd like to write a background for David, yeah. feedback it behind the panel. <laughs> uh, they were lining up around the corner for Angela, weren't they? Oh, uh, Angela. Like, uh, finally, Angela. Angela. Asgard's assassin's out. Can oh, anybody, explain to, can anybody explain to me what the little tails are that... Because she even she mentioned something about wagging a tail. Your tails are wagging. It's like what is with the little the little streamers? <laughs> it made me smile. Best uh, <laughs> but but we've also not just been reading stuff. Before you hit that, I want to mention one other book. Remember, <laughs> you what? say that to me every time I'm out. Like you know, you point out someone cute. Uh-huh. And go, Before you hit that, I want to mention one other book, hombre. Uh, I'm gonna hit one more book out. Yep. Oh uh, yes, this is your El Torres book. Yes, this book came out of. Goddamn nowhere. <laughs> um, it's from a publishing company called Amigos. Never, yep. uh, never, heavy hitters. Heavy, heavy hitters. hitters. <laughs> never heard of this. El Torres, for those who have been keeping score and been keeping, have been playing along, is the writer of Nancy in Hell. Hmm. And he suddenly showed up with this book called Roman Ritual, issue one. Now, we noticed in the copyright, well, Richard knows in the copyright that it says September of this year, mm. but it's only come out now. So we think it may, we don't know, we're speaking out of our ass, but we think it may have been released in Spanish. It, it did say, like, the address next to it said Spain. So right. I'm so guessing. So it may have been released in Spanish and now it's finally come out in English. But this book is basically about, it's El Torres not doing comedy now. He's not playing with the frivolous no. little Nancy. It's a really dark tale about exorcism. It is friggin' awesome. This book, uh, I'm. I'm all in at this point. It's all about a guy who is a, an exorcist, who's mm. like one of the best in the business. He's basically been excommunicated without actually the formalizing of being excommunicated mm. from the church for doing something we don't know what it was yet. But now the Vatican has called him back to Rome because something dark has happened in the Vatican. Mm. And basically he's already come into contact with a possessed nun. <laughs> and uh, the last panel, the cliffhanger for this issue, which I'm not going to spoil in this particular case because I think you should see it, is a corker. <laughs> and nice. it makes you go, I want to come back for this more. Awesome. So it's really good. And the artwork is amazing. Amazing. I don't have you had me at possessed none. <laughs> <laughs> so have a look for Roman ri- Roman ritual. This is actually really interesting stuff. I'll take you up on that. And if you're looking for when we talked about Nancy and Hell, that's back in behind the panels issue 114, uh, which was only about five. It's a Halloween episode this year, so only about five weeks or so ago. Correct. Uh, artist was uh, Jamie Martinez, by the way. So ah, yeah, the art in that you, you artist, showed me some of that before we went on. It's yeah, quite nice. The art yeah. is really quite quite something. They look like watercolors. That's stunning. Yeah. yeah, they're just gorgeous. That's really gorgeous. Anyway, like that. have a look for that. So I just throw that, throw that one out there. It wasn't on our list, but I read that this week and I went, wow. But I've also spent a lot of time in front of the telly this week, and so have you, because... I've been watching you. It was the Arrow versus Flash crossover this yeah, week. Yeah, baby. It's pr- this, this is, this is must-see TV. <laughs> Uh, this was this was good. This was a couple of things. I I got to mention this. Uh, Matthew White, a good friend, Snake Oz, um, uh, wrote to me after he'd watched the Flash episode and said, "Was it just me, or did Stephen Amell seem like really stiff in this? And like you know, he seemed wooden compared to Flash." And I think it, what what it actually pointed out was when you saw these two episodes that they both had a lot to learn from each other. Mm. That um, that was the meaning of the episode. <laughs> uh, no, but they both, I think, stylistically, the Flash is fun as hell. Like the Flash is fun, it's bright, but it's very monster of the week, and it could learn a little bit from Arrow's universe building. Like they've really built up a great mm. little world in their own in their own series over there. Whereas Arrow is very serious a lot of the time, and it could learn to lighten up occasionally now and then. And when they cross pollinate like that, you can see the potential for both shows. Arrow being a little bit more lighthearted. Um, I think I can't remember. It was one of the classic. Uh, um, Green Arrow 
artist. I can't remember which one said that. For God's sake, let him smile occasionally. Um, and, you know, The Flash has been very Monster of the Week up until this point. So it would be nice to see them. How good was but John Diggle's reaction to seeing The Flash, Flash. for the first time? He's going, he's really fast. Uh, he's really fast. <laughs> Already goes, tell me this isn't freaking you out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. No, like this is, uh, and I think from what I understand as a result of this crossover, the Arrow people are like, you know, we might start letting some powers into the show. It, it can't. It, we can see how it works. Mm. And they're already, because they're already talking about a crossover with the two of them with Supergirl, and even though Supergirl's on another network, it's CBS. CBS owns 50% of the CW. But so not just possible. that, though, because the production company is production the same. Production company is the same. It's, it's Berlanti, so... Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, we, saw press, we have seen precedents of this happening in the past with Buffy Angel, which were on uh, UPN did, and... Uh, it wasn't CW back it was the then, WB then. The WB back mm. then. And they actually did crossovers between those, even though they were on two different networks, because they were all Mutant Enemy. Mm. And so mm. they, they actually could do the Grr, crossovers across arg. the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we do have precedents for this happening. And to have a, a crossover, could you imagine... I mean, my world, my, I think my head would just explode if we had I, Supergirl, Arrow, and Flash all on the screen at the same time. And potentially the Atom as well. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Sploosh. Um, so, look, I, I, I couldn't have been happier. And we're building up to the mid, like, when we record next week, we will have watched the mid-season finale, which is building up. And there's no spoilers here because it's in all the ads everywhere online. The Flash looks like it's, it's going to have the reverse Flash. Yes. And the Arrow, episode is actually called The Man in the Yellow Suit. suit. And, and, and Arrow is not, not content to be outdone. It's going to have Ra's al Ghul. And it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, for a very, for a very distinct change of pace, and this will be completely spoiler-free for those of you who aren't watching or aren't up to date, and that includes both of you in the room here, the Walking Dead mid-season five finale. Holy shit. Like, it was... It was like this season has been magnificent. This this season has been dark. It's been very comics focused. It's been uh, it surprised me. Uh, and uh, when when you talk about surprises in Walking Dead, you usually know what that means. Not going to spoil a damn thing. But everyone I've spoken to about this episode, it's been gut punching. My and mission over the next five six weeks or whatever it is is to catch up on yeah. Walking Dead. Now, this episode... Great. Now, I, I said I did no spoilers, but interesting footnote um, on this one is that uh, the official AMC uh, Facebook feed spoiled it when they after it had screened in the West Coast uh, and then they put up the spoiler on their Facebook page before it had screened in the East Coast. Oh. Uh, so if you, if you were east of a certain line, uh, you would have been spoiled. Right. So, ouch. Uh, can I also say that Arrow and the Flash crossover highest ratings for both shows? Uh, it was an awesome since they both started. So, awesome two part. Yeah, though. it was amazing. It was really really good. Uh, can we just say before we go on as well because we talked a lot about the Flash, the Arrow side of things. Oh yeah, Boomerang, dude. Boomerang was fantastic. That sequence yeah. in the in the in the, the with all the security guards where he mm. comes in, he's throwing boomerangs and using them as weapons and all oh, that's magnificent that sequence was staggering and you sit there and go okay now that's boomerang yeah you know? and then actually even that aside I, I forgot to mention you know, the fact that Flash and Arrow because Flash gets turned dark briefly uh, they, they have a smackdown yes and it's freaking awesome because it's like Arrow using all of the uh, of his trick arrows in, in his arsenal sorry they're Specialty arrows. Uh, yes. <laughs> his trick is what a whore does. Um, but uh, uh, so he has all these specialty arrows and he and it's like you actually see an almost fully fledged green arrow effectively on screen mm. 
in this fantastic. This is this, the Arrow episode was called "The Brave and the Bold." Yes, so it's it's kind of what you would expect from that kind of and classic. The, and the Flash episode was called "Arrow versus Flash." Flash you know? So I love it. I love everything about this episode. It was yeah, fantastic. It was very good. Before you move on to the last one, I think we need to introduce it with this. Yes, that's right. We're all very happy. <laughs> yeah, we can finally like, we can watch it over and over, over and over yes. again. I've now. already watched it twice. That's right. The Guardian. <laughs> uh, the Jadions of the Galaxy Blu-ray <laughs> is now out uh, in Australia. I think it doesn't think it comes out until next week in the States, but you can get it on digital. Uh, you can also as well. order it in from... <laughs> you can order it in from anywhere. Get Americans uh, for, the Austra- <laughs> for the Australians as well, you could have actually got it digitally mm. two weeks or two and a half weeks yes. prior yeah. to it coming out because uh, the iTunes lately has been doing this uh, digital first. Yes. Which is really interesting. They had Guardians up for a good couple of weeks. Now the, uh, we, Do we you can... think there's such thing as an American that has a Region 4 player? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it back when uh, there was uh, Madman, the local company Madman, was doing streaming like day and date with a lot of the Japanese anime and it was to kind of compete with the fact that people were downloading them, doing their own fan mm. subs, and then no one was buying the DVD. So they got in early and, and created you know association with the Madman name. By like, and these are big things. Like, um, uh, the first one that I think they did it with was uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, right? And it was like day and date streaming, subtitles, high quality. It was really good. I used to pull them up on my big screen and watch them. It was fantastic for, for fifty two weeks or however long the the season went for, you know. And uh, you know it, that, and I think that was a really good strategy. But when apparently when people in the US tried to watch it, a little screen came up and said, hi, you're in the wrong region to be watching this. If you're in the US, you're probably not used to seeing messages like this. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I really like that. Everybody in Australia has seen that message. (laughs) (laughs) The Guardians of the Galaxy Blu-ray is uh, fantastic and disappointing uh, on equal measures. I think think we can safely say that the audio, sound quality, and if you've got the 3D (laughs) edition, look brilliant. It's Mm -hmm. like 7.1 DTS HD MA stuff. Like it's just... You know, if you're a tech person, that's it's an awesome mix, um, and it's actually a really good mix as well. It's not one of those ones where it's really quiet and you have to crank it up and turn mm-hmm. it down, crank it up you and know, turn it really down. Good. It's a really good mix. Uh, Dave, I haven't looked at the 3D yet, but I can, I'm safely say 3D. I haven't watched the whole film in 3D yet, but but, um, but the 3D I have looked at, it's a good, good crisp 3D, nice. and and so, the conversion works well. And you'd expect 3D that TVs. from Disney because it, it they, they've yeah, been doing look, some good stuff. And we've said Marvel uh, Studios has the best 3D conversion in the house in the business. Yeah. So yeah, it looks good on the on the big screen. It's going to look better on the small screen so uh bonus features wise i I didn't expect there would be much because disney has been Uh, putting fewer and fewer things on the discs lately even on their animated stuff which used to be the king of the bonus features used to get two hour making of Mm. documentaries that went through the disney archives you know uh so but it's not disney's fault because the the marvel films to date have been a little shaky we don't get there's no one shot this time what around what happened to the one shots they haven't I, done well, for they've the got, last two they've got agents of shield now so maybe they feel the one shots a bit they redundant well, they got, they got agents of shield and they've got pay, they've got agent yeah. card and they've got a netflix yeah. series coming maybe so they, they just, don't but even um even iron man 2 had like a four-hour documentary on it that's true actually yeah and so and you like know there would have been do, stacks on yeah. that and the little bits and pieces but iron man 2 was paramount yeah. Wasn't Disney. yeah, but as you were saying before, Dave, like the pieces that you get on here are fluff pieces that you mm. could have guess, guessed from not having seen the film at all. Mm. Yeah, you well, know? the biggest disappointment <laughs> yeah. for me was actually have a, a special even feature. Even Kevin Feige didn't show up once. <laughs> no, oh no, biggest... he, he, his digital eight bit avatar version. Uh-huh. <laughs> the the yeah. biggest disappointment for me was there was a special feature that talks about the visual effects of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I went, "Yes, this is what I really want to see." Mm. And bad. all it is is a piece on rocket. 
Yeah, it is. And you and the only other piece you get piece. on effects is in that twenty minutes that that sort of cut together with like an eight bit version of James Gunn. Um, you get uh, like a little bit about okay. the you get a bit, bit about the yeah. kiln sequence in there, which is quite mm. good. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen that for every sequence. Mm. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a visual commentary on it. Mm. But the audio commentary is not bad, though. The audio I commentary, heard that I've, yet, I've dipped yeah. into the. He 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 actually he kind of alludes to it in that in that twenty minute piece that he's kind of he knows the story behind every race, every character, everything, and you get that in the commentary. And this is something you know, that we so. don't get on the Marvel films that the Americans are getting because the Americans have got commentaries on the Avengers, mm. which we just don't seem to get. And the they got like a really long documentary on their Avengers yeah. as well. So, so yeah. I just feel a little bit shortchanged here in. I, I think we got the same as the US. I think this was just a um, a less than stellar mm, a bonus feature. Release. At least we got the film. The film is the, and ma- the film. The is film the is star. five stars. The the disc, <laughs> not so many. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's this week. We should also say uh, through because we mentioned Marvel, Marvel's Agents of Shield, uh, Sky kicking ass. Sky kicking. Uh, she's been being trained by May, obviously, and they've decided that they're going to do something with all the other characters. And now Sky has become a full fledged Agent of Shield, and she is awesome. It is very very. This cool. is a character who, if we go back a year ago, had we said there was nothing in this character. We had nothing. There was no charisma mm. in her. She was just boring. She's become. She's become a and, star. And Agent dude. Ward is better now that he's evil. Oh, yeah. I'm even remembering his name. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Since he, he went here, he should have kept the beard, though. He should have kept the beard. The beard rocked. The beard did yeah. rock. Beards he always look beard. better. Beards always look Especially better. Especially on bad guys like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> Rebels without a clue. <laughs> uh, now, speaking Marvel, a lot of Marvel news this week. So it's time for the news headlines. And Marvel has confirmed officially the casting of Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange in the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. Marvel has also officially announced that Kristen Ritter will mm. play the lead role in the series, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, for Netflix. Meanwhile, actor Ryan Reynolds confirms that he will be reprising his role as Deadpool in Fox's upcoming solo film. Avengers? Age of Ultron! We'll be returning to Pinewood Studios in January for some reshoots while principal photography on Ant-Man and Batman v Superman... Dawn of Justice. ...has officially wrapped this week. I love it. Marvel Entertainment and ABC have announced that a premiere episode of Agent Carter will now be a two-hour show. Yay. Semi-confirmed reports are coming in that DC Comics is developing a third Dark Knight series with Frank Miller, with Scott Snyder set to co-write and a variety of artists taking on the series. Boom Studios has announced that Bill and Ted's most triumphant return, a new six-part comic series in March 2015. IDW gets truly, truly, truly outrageous with the upcoming Gem and the Holograms comic from Ross Campbell and Kelly Thompson ahead of next year's movie. I like the Misfits. Their songs are better. DC Comics (laughs) reveals its fourth wave of Convergence titles, delving into the pre-crisis on Infinite Earth's continuity with work from Dan Abnett, Jerry Ordway, Len Wein, Dennis Cowan, Bill Sienkiewicz, Paul Levitz, Justin Gray, and many more. The forthcoming companion series to The Walking Dead has cast Cliff Curtis in the lead role, with Frank Delane and Alicia Demnum Carey also set to appear. Corey Hardin will replace F. Javier Gutierrez as the director of The Crow Reboot. Preacher gets a pilot uh, commitment from AMC. It will be produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Very, very cool. But finally, Warner Brothers has officially announced the casting for Suicide Squad, with Jared Leto as the Joker, Will Smith as Deadshot, Tom Hardy as Rick Flagg, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Jai Courtney as Boomerang, and somebody else, Cara Delvigne, (laughs) as Enchantress. I feel sorry for her. With all those names, how is she ever going to be remembered? I think with with, with Will, this brings us to our talking point, of course, but uh, it'll be Will Smith... 
and some other people. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, come on, let's face it, Tom Hardy is no slouch in the celebrity that's, department. That's true. He'll be like, <laughs> you know what? That is a lot. That is a lot of ego in one film. So it's a long walk up to a Bane joke. Sorry, <laughs> that is a lot of uh, ego in that film. Did anyone Will think Smith. that Jared Leto's performance will be anything other than a Heath Ledger? No, uh, mm. minus it'll be a, it'll be a carbon copy. I hope yeah. Will Smith is Will Smith in it though. Yeah. Woo! Oh, dead shot! <laughs> God damn, that's a good <laughs> shot. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Oh, and I hope he uses Willow and Jade in his target practice. But <laughs> did I say that out loud? I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you've, you've read that article. You've read that interview with him. You know that was a song about empowerment. Absolutely. For young girls everywhere. And she only reads stuff when, she writes. When you were a young girl, when you were. <laughs> it empowered me, man. Would you, you, you would have you would needed a song like Whip Your Hair Back and Forth. Yeah, yeah. It made me feel strong. We've all been young girls. <laughs> you know, when we would have needed that song. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. Give, give, um, give look, I actually, actually, I'm kind of excited about this. I actually am too because I, I think this is time for me to to eat a shoe, right? Yeah, <laughs> I will eat a shoe if this, if this movie doesn't... makes more than twenty million dollars. I'll eat a shoe. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry. Well, well, I mean, that's not a legitimate. Well, we were one. talking no, no, about no. Hollywood creative accounting. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it never turned to profit. <laughs> sorry, uh, you were gonna you were gonna say something insightful, Richard? <laughs> I, you know, I really didn't think I was. <laughs> you know what? Film probably has about a hundred million dollar budget. About eighty million, and that's going to Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is. What but... do you guys think, actually? I actually think, look, I, I love the idea of a Suicide Squad film, full stop. I think it'll be fun. I think it, DC is doing again that thing where they've got a version of the characters on television and now they're creating a whole new film around it as well. So they've established the Suicide Squad concept in Arrow hmm. uh, and, they're gonna, and they did a recent animated film with Suicide Squad. Hmm. Um, now they're going to, it was the Arkham, uh, Batman Arkham yeah, yeah. animated film, had the Suicide Squad basically. Uh, look, I think the casting is great. I think the fact that there's, we have a movie with both the Joker and Harley Quinn, let's just reflect on that for a moment. I don't remember the Joker ever being in Suicide Squad. No, but they need they need a heavy hitter. Like they, if they, if you if they announce, yeah, it's got Deadshot, Rick Flag, Harley Quinn, and Boomerang, you know, no one would probably turn True. up. But if you, you put the Joker on the poster. You know, yeah, you, you, you're gonna. I mean, you, and you know, he might be in it for ten minutes. He might be there basically to, to introduce to Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. So yeah. you know, it, but it's still, it's still <laughs> unless this Oprah Winfrey is well, Amanda no, Waller. The, the, ru- <laughs> the rumor is that Oprah Winfrey, so that, hence the joke at the top of the show, yeah. that is going to be in demand Amanda Waller, which would make her old school Amanda Waller. Yeah, she'd make be, a Lex Luthor Amanda that would, Waller. Yeah, would legitimately be awesome. That think, would be awesome though. because that let's, let's be, we that's for- a really good casting. Lest we forget, Oprah Winfrey, she was a good actor, hell of an actor, nominated for an Oscar. Absolutely, she was. And uh, but and and almost every film she's been in has been terrific. Like she's, she's been terrific. She's an amazing. We we always remember her for her talk show now, but mm. she is actually a good actress and being the most powerful woman on earth. Yeah. Mm. So Oprah, so, if you hear so, this, please please don't <laughs> break us. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's considered the most powerful woman on earth. So it's Amanda Waller. She's Amanda Waller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I hope she doesn't like break our spines or anything. No. Bane style. No, Oprah has a book club too. Yeah, 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 I believe she does. Yeah. She she copied ours. She I think. copied <laughs> us. Yeah. 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 She, she actually announced Oprah's book club. It's like behind the panels, but for the mainstream. Absolutely, yeah. and I think we'll be but getting lawsuit, we'll be getting lawsuit letters soon. Everybody uh, gets a copy of Black Hole, and you get a Joker, and you get a Joker. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that? Everyone looked under their seats and found a black hole. Oh, and phrasing. Then you get sucked in. Phrasing. Uh, <laughs> 
Do you think I should, speaking of black holes, do you think I should dig myself out of this one and hit up the pick of the week? Please do. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's, it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. The young heroine Atlee has taken on the mantle of the new terror with powerful control over the rocks and the earth that is beginning to grab the attention of the world. With new threats quite literally beneath the surface, Tara takes on these challenges as she slowly learns to adapt to life in the surface world. Acting is a prequel to their Power Girl series. Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor bring their unique brand of charm to this four-issue miniseries. This is Terra. Now, David, this is a personal pick. Last week, I kicked off my personal pick with a 15-minute essay. So, <laughs> I'm not going and to And I was that. drunk, so <laughs> take it away, David. Now, look, all I'm going to say is that we needed to do Terra, and I figured for a personal pick, it is the place to do it. It is a lightweight book. There is no doubt about it. it it's no Power Girl, let's put it that way. But it is part of that entire mythos that was created by Palmiotti, Gray, and Connor. And it's kind of like the missing piece, because mm. when you actually read Power Girl... Or two missing pieces, as it were. <laughs> As you read Power, as you read Power Girl, there is a lot of questions, and I know I ra- raised a lot of questions with me, which was, who the hell is Tara, and why the hell is she following Power Girl around? Where did she come from? And it's because I wasn't part of the DC universe mm. at the time that I wasn't really familiar with this character. After finishing Power Girl, realizing that this miniseries existed, I went back and read this miniseries afterwards, yeah. and kind of it fills in a few holes. Um, and as I said last week. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> as, as I said last week. I was trying to do that quietly off, off mic. Unoff- no. I'm not going to let you get away with it. Unofficially, uh, last week I said there was also JSA Classified, which was the four, first four issues of JSA Classified, which kind of acts as a prequel to even this. Um, we're not doing that book, but there, it was interesting to note that because there's some interesting parallels between that mm. and this. Mm. The way that Power Girl is treated in the first issue is very similar to the way Atlee is treated in this one, and it's... It almost feels like you can understand why her and um, Kara ended up becoming friends. Mm. Yes. Because they were both these outsiders, both coming into this world and trying to find their place. So they mm. kind of became friends together. But the thing about this book, above all else, is it's got a sense of humor, just like Power Girl. And this is one of the reasons why I always go back to the Connor Palmiotti work. It's fun. So this series came out before Power Girl. Correct. So it, came, it was the JSA classified stuff. Um, her the terror character was introduced in I think Supergirl number twelve mm. around that time two thousand and five and there was a lot of questions like about her because she wasn't the terror that was yeah because the there been two terrors before yeah. this and she was a new version of that so this 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 series effectively explains her origin story and where she comes and from explains and why the last terror went bad yes because it it talks about the fact that she was a experiment mm. to see if uh, the the things about Atlee's city underneath the ground all that weird science that they're working on will work with a human. Yes. And it didn't. No. <laughs> no, which is unfortunate. No, but the, the thing is about this series, I actually, okay, the, uh, I, I really like this series. It's a lot of fun, but it's, I don't find it quite as good as Power Girl. It's not. And, and I think the main reason for that is not, the writers are the same, the art's the same, uh, but I think I don't find Terra as interesting a character. I no, don't find was, her as compelling. She's, she's very much a cold fish. 
she was. And what was interesting was she played a better support character. Yes. Mm. As a support character, she gets a lot more personality. Mm. She gets because uh, she, she gets to play off um, Kara or Power Girl. Mm. Uh, but in this... Or PG to her friends. PG to her friends. <laughs> uh, but here, I don't know. I, I think because the book spends so much time trying to decide, try, trying to tell us who Atlee is and, and, and give us this journey, I never felt as though, at least for the first couple of issues that I knew who she was. Mm. And to me, the best part of this is like, I think issue four, the main, the big bad's been defeated. And you get half an issue of mm. just PG and uh, Tara going hanging shopping. out, going <laughs> shopping. And it's super fun. Yeah. It's actually the kind of writing I was expecting. It's super fun time. It's super fun time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of what I was expecting sushi, from the whole, yeah. whole book. Yeah, the sushi yeah. scene. And I was expecting that for the whole thing because all of Power Girl was very much like that. Yes. Uh, so it makes me wonder though if in that last issue they kind of went there's our power girl yeah and they kind of went that's the series that needs to come out of this because that last issue you're right is the best issue of the whole thing and there's some interesting stuff that happens throughout this book I mean the the miner being turned into a, li- a living diamond mm. and then not knowing what to do with his life and his wife saying well you could be like a superhero he's like no 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 that's crazy <laughs> you know? yeah. and, all this sort of, and then her wanting to see the source of what's turned him into the diamond which of course ends with with tragic results, mm. uh, which of course leads us down to uh, I forget what the city's called, Atlee's Underground Kingdom. It's, I think that's what it's, it's called, the, Atlee's Underground it's Kingdom. The Zora Kingdom from Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the fact that Atlee. The thuggy are down there. The one thing that never got quite. No, the one thing that. And I've, I've read this a couple of times and I may have missed it each time. They never quite explain why she looks human. Mm. And kind of hot in her own right, but everybody else in there looks like these kind of weird, you know, mm. underground mutant things. Even her father, and you sit there and go, "But why does she look the way she mm. looks?" You know, is what? what yeah. was, was she created specifically mm. to go to meet the humans? What was the, what was the reason why she was so human? This is a bit off topic, but um, I'm a little bit confused. What's the actual? Definitive origin of Huntress and Power Girl, like they... there is no definitive origin of Power yeah, like... Girl. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, like because I, I was trying to figure out like what because of the JSA storyline mm. was really cool. I really liked that as well. The JSA but classified storyline posed the story a lot line... more questions for me. Well, that was the storyline. Yeah. It's all gone out with the New Fifty Two as well. Yeah, and so... it's, it's all been rewritten again. So what I can piece together because I've read a bunch of Power Girl. What I've been trying to piece together is is what it is. But now, when she was created in the seventies, she was basically the Supergirl of Earth 2. Okay. Um, so she was Kara uh, arriving on Earth 2, so she was that analog, mm-hmm. right? But my understanding is there was also a Supergirl on Earth 2. So this kind of confused yeah. things even further. Once again, this is this whole weird DC thing where they kind of play with this. So there was a period of time where they basically said, no, actually, she's not Kryptonian at all. She's actually the daughter of Warlord. She's actually Atlantean. Mm-hmm. And she's been lied to her entire life. And her powers actually come from the fact that she's Atlantean. And then that was retconned again later. Anyway, it went backwards and forwards. And they kept changing her background because I don't think they quite knew what to do with her. Yeah, uh, It was actually that JSA classified, my understanding is, where they basically said, this is the origin. Mm. She is Kryptonian. She came down. She's on Earth 2, blah, blah, blah. This mm. is how we, we piece it together. And all of the Palmiotic Connor gray stuff is all uh, taking that on as she is Earth 2. She is Kara Zor-El. She is uh, the cousin of Superman. And she is from Krypton. Okay. In the New 52, they're saying the same thing. 
So it's a slightly different structure, but she is basically, she was Supergirl on Earth 2. And when they came to Earth 1 during the whole war on Earth 2, yeah. her and Huntress was Robin. Okay. And she was Supergirl. And when she, they came, Huntress is like the daughter of Catwoman, Catwoman and, and Batman. Batman. Okay. Yeah. And so she was trained by Batman and Catwoman and she was their daughter. Right. When they came to Earth 2, there already was a Robin and there already was a Supergirl and they had to lie low because they didn't know what they were doing, blah, blah, blah. And so she took on the mantle of Huntress and Power Girl or Kara started to create her empire, mm-hmm. basically. and The Star Empire or whatever. The Star, oh, yeah. the Karen Star stuff because yeah. she basically wanted to make money because most importantly, she wanted to create a way to get home. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and then while she was here, she took on the mantle of Power Girl and off mm-hmm. it went from there. And at one point, uh, during post-crisis, she was Atlantean. Yeah, as I said before, yeah, yeah. she was the was... daughter of Warlord or something like that. Oh, it was, sorry, it, it's, I'm just looking confusing. at the Wikipedia entry. I guess now. it makes it's sense because there's, there's that beautiful scene. I think it's in the Jeff Johns JSA. Mm. It might be in the Terror, but I apologize if it is. But it's where she's explaining like, why do I have a cutout? In yeah, my well, she chest, says, I know. don't have a logo. Yeah, I'm waiting to find who I am to put a logo there, yeah. which was cool. Yeah. That's uh, not Jeff Johns. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's a really Jeff nice Jeff Johns, but it's yeah. also Connor Palmiotti. It's in the Palmiotti one yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So this is all part of that entire run. And that's yes. just, that's fabulous. I mean, that's just, that kind of sums up Kara Zorel. Because mm. she, yeah. is, she is lost. She doesn't mm. know where she, her place and is. And she struggles to even make an identity for herself. Yeah, and this yeah. is why when we start the Power Girl run, there's that opening shot of her flying over the Statue of Liberty mm. saying, I think I finally figured out yeah. who I am. Yeah. You know, and she's finally taken on her own personality. Uh, and at that point, we've got Tara as basically, Tara, Tara mm. as basically her best friend. Because they're both kind of fish out of water. Mm. In this, we've got her showing up. And I mean, you're right. She is a cold fish. People actually say to her, who are you? And she goes, I don't have time right now. Go yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of liked that, though. I, I, I read t- Tara as a, like a 15-year-old kind of girl. Mm. She's meant to be very young. Yeah. She's meant to be very yeah. young. Yeah. Was, she says she's underage a lot throughout it. Yeah. There's all those like lewd Palmiotti well, that's a, that's jokes. A Palmiotti yeah, 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 which trait. are great. You know, um, I, in fact, but, I think there's like you know there's yeah. like a fireman or something in the game. There's like yeah. PG and and Tara are there, and they say, "Hey, PG, and who's your young friend? She's underage. Dude. Yeah, she's underage. Yeah, Ooh. but that's the kind <laughs> of cool Teen Titans thing. Like that, yeah. that's that's what teenage superheroes are. It's just like, hey, I get to ride around on a giant rock skateboard, or yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like yeah, like that's all they do. I mean, it's, the inherent, it's the inherent joke. I mean, it's always been in these things. You've got you know these giant breasted teenagers running around <laughs> yeah. in spandex. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. it's kind yeah. of been the unspoken gag in in comics. Since the mm. you know the fifties. Well, is that that awesome scene where like Jimmy Olsen's on top of the the Daily Bugle, and like um, tar, uh, Karen Daily Planet. The, oh, sorry, I, I did a Spider-Man did slip. Spider-Man. Didn't you? <laughs> Damn! How embarrassing! I'm resigning from this show. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> this Are is you James Marvel fun. or DC? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> The, the rubric is how yeah. it's like which newspaper company you like the better. So he was on the roof of the Bugle Planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like where she's talking and she's and you yeah. get her interior monologue and she's like, "Oh, Jimmy Olsen, who's this guy? Oh, he hasn't looked down my chest yet." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then oh, he there does. Eyes yeah, go. yeah, there yeah. he goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look, because they're, they're aware oh. that this is the, like they all like, do that eventually. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I think a lot of the lines that you were quoting uh, when we did the Power well, Girl never episode. Anything where Karen's like, you know like drawn in a really aggressively lewd way or anything. No, like- and in fact, I think that though it's, that's more overt though, like the jokes about her bus side are more mm-hmm. overt in Jeff John's run than they were in his four issues, than they were in, uh, I mean, they, they were there in the Palmy Connor run, but I think to some extent 
they pulled back on them a little bit. And the thing, that the as thing well. I found about Palmer, they knew the, they knew the right line to tread. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The thing I found about Palmer and Connor, and I think it's one of the reasons why I love their work together so much. The pro, notwithstanding, <laughs> <laughs> the pros its own special. It's, place. <laughs> it's, own special <laughs> it's own special place. But no, with not without they have this knack, especially with Power Girl. I think this is what made that such a iconic series that will last forever nobody remembers the power girl that came after it they all remember the 12 yeah, yeah? and i think judd winnick actually wrote the stuff judd winnick wrote, yeah. yeah absolutely and nobody remembers that part and even the, some of that is really good mm-hmm. but the palmiotic kind of stuff there is an innocence that they draw both in terra in this and in power girl later mm. there is an innocence that they have where they basically draw these characters as Fun, free, cute. They don't really, even though they've got bodies to kill for, they're not overly sexualized. And it's almost a humor Mm. in the way that people relate to them. And they're like, huh, what? You know, eyes up yeah. here, dude. What's the problem with you? You know? Yeah, and I I really, I really like, look, don't get me wrong, I really like that series. I just think you can see. There's sort of slight differences in the in the writing styles as mm. you go through it, but Terra is a great introduction. Unfortunately, uh, I think you can still get these digitally, and you can still get them in various places. But no trade. The trade is out of print. There, yeah. there was a trade, uh, and you can see the cover art is what we've used for the, for this episode. I'm uh, looking for that trade, by the but, way. So if uh, anybody can find it, I'll see what we do. Well, Christmas is coming. <laughs> um, but so yeah, um, that's. Uh, it's, it's available. There is. Uh, it, you can it, get the JSA in the Power Girl. Trade. Yeah, in the Power Girl trade, you get the twelve issues plus the JSA stuff. And I never understood why Terra wasn't part of that. Yeah, because that would have made a complete. Been like the set. absolute. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, you know they'll they can double dip. They'll mm. probably do that at some stage down the track. Um, it by no means is this comics one hundred and one. No. Uh, but if you if you like Power Girl, if you like that JSA classified stuff, David, and, I, and I and I always felt, and it's weird because I kind of feel a little bit outclassed here because we've got Longbow Hunters on this side, which is one hundred and one. We've got Transmetropolitan <laughs> next week, which is like super. Well, no spoilers, but it's a pretty good book. And in the middle, we got Little Terra, and it's like you know, you kind of go. Terra seemed like a good idea at the time. It is a personal pick, though. I think it is part of. An overall series. No, and you've been talking about Power Girl since day one. Yeah. And and this is, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Is it personal picks of comics are important to you? I think it's the, never going to be a pick of the week the fact unless that, I the personally think Dave the, and I. The, the Jimmy yeah. Palmiotti and Amanda Connor one is 101, though. I think, like, I think a lot of ways is it is. super good, though. Yeah, well, yeah. we've already covered it. We covered that yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I think, yeah, if, if, if you back in issue 81, I guess, yeah. uh, we did and that And that, I mean, that Power Girl run, those 12 issues, that is introduction to comics oh absolutely mm. i agree because it because it is so light and it is it is written for a non-comics reading audience mm. it's, it, it, it's got that kind of vibe if they were making uh, a power girl movie you'd make it based on that and so i think i think you're right terror is a very important part of would that. it be fair to say that terror is missing the cheekiness Mm. I think so, and I think it is, and I think you can see that because uh, we know what they're doing with Harley Quinn at the moment as well, Um, and that has the cheekiness. Mind you, Harley Quinn's a much easier character to write for because she's nuts. (laughs) Uh, uh, Cuckoo for Cocoa Pops, I think is what you're looking for. When is the trade for that out? I got uh, the first one. Yeah, yeah, the first yeah. one's yeah. just come out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're still an ongoing series. They're, 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 the tra- people who are trade waiting have to wait a little bit longer these days, which I think is good because it's, it's, I think it's... I think it's eight issues for the first trade. Yes. Uh, I've just got it. It's in high. Yeah, Bank I think they're there. up to issue 12 or 13 in the single. So we'll probably be yeah. a few months yet before we see another it's trade. It's great. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, I recommend that one highly. Uh, David, um, I think it's time we, we have a visit from a certain girl. 
Oh. So we have a little bit of feedback. Okay, I like feedback, but uh, you know I'm having trouble playing the girl. It's here. been hey. a while since we've had. Oh, oh, girl! Hey, girl! It's been a while. It's been a while, girl. <laughs> what are you up to, girl? Hey, what are you doing, huh? You 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 seeing anyone at the moment? No. Do you want to do something after the show? I'm, I'm gonna. We've got pie. Richard. We're on air. We're on air. We got pie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got um, an email from uh, Louis Abreu, uh, who also left us a message on Facebook. Thanks for that, Louis. Uh, maybe it's Luis. Um, and uh, um, he said his his subject heading is "Thank you for doing a history on Green Arrow." So oh, well, you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> uh, of course, those of you who don't visit the site behind the panels uh, might not have seen my seven part series. On the history of Green Arrow, which is very much a labor of love. But he says, Thank you for doing history on Green Arrow. Uh, if uh, It was wonderful. I recently discovered your site. Can I request Black Canary, please, and keep up the good work? You can request it. In fact, um, I think that would be a good little companion piece to that as well. There's a lot of Black Canary stuff in that Green Arrow um, series, particularly um, around the 70s when they were like doing a lot of stuff together and like almost they were in each other's mm. stories all the time. Uh, and, the and so the history kind of overlaps there a lot as well. Then there's the Birds of Prey. It goes up. I would love to do it because I've read a lot of Black Canary stuff and I've collected a lot of Black Canary stuff, but not yet because I'm thinking what the next one I might do. In fact, I might do two of them simultaneously so I don't have to, it doesn't get as overwhelming. I'm thinking of doing because this month and next month is the 30th anniversary of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking of doing a history of DC's Crisis. Uh, as well, going right back to the 50s uh, and 60s. Personal, personally, I want you to do this just so I can understand. understand it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. I need to because I, I started reading... We've been pushing Richard for that for ages. Yeah. Well, reading Morrison's Multiversity, I realised that there's a lot of stuff that I'd get more if I knew the history of Crisis. Uh, the other one I'm thinking of doing is because of the casting announcement... We all should know uh, Crisis, though, shouldn't we? Like, prob- like the three of us should At the know moment, it. you don't yeah. need to know it unless you're reading... But just like, as geeks and geek cred, we yeah. should know. I mean, we should do it. It would definitely... And, and I've got to say, I mean, just on the side note, Power Girl does cross over into Crisis. So well, we should do... I do need that. Yeah, mm. we should do Crisis as a pick at some stage. But I think it'd be great as, as I'm going through doing this, I can say, well, these are the key issues to read in the lead up and these are the key issues, you know, that kind of thing. Because it was huge. If you think about events were big now, mm. these were big, you know, multiple issue uh, uh, events going on happening there. The other one I'm thinking of doing is Doctor Strange because of the movie coming I up. I want to see that. And too. I want to read more Doctor Strange. So it'd be just be a personal thing, an excuse for me to go back and read. Stuff and it'd be great if like we all sort of did this together and kind of read a whole bunch of Doctor well, Strange. Well, I've been actually, totally, I've yeah. been be collecting a lot of yeah. Doctor Strange lately, but not enough time to read it. So it would actually give me an opportunity to read it. So. Exactly right. And we've got we're taking a couple of weeks off over Christmas, which brings us to next week's show, which uh, we've already all started reading. Personal and pick Dave certainly read three. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Personal pick number three. Multiple yeah. times. <laughs> Dave's read this multiple times. We are doing the, and it's so big that we're doing the first two volumes mm-hmm. uh, of Transmetropolitan, uh, Volume One, Back on the Street, and Volume Two, Lust for Life. Uh, by Warren Ellis, uh, Warren Ellis, uh, <laughs> Warren Ellis, and Derek Robertson uh, on art. And I'll like, tell you what, man. I, without spoiling next week's show, I'm already loving this thing. Mm. Can I tell you? Yeah, I'm three quarters away through Volume One already, yeah. and this is one batshit crazy yeah. book. And God bless it. God bless yeah. it for yeah. it. Yeah, it is absolutely magical. <laughs> yeah, it's my all-time favorite comic. And that's why uh, it's a personal time. pick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I say, and, and, I, and I want to say thank you because this is finally the trigger that has made me start reading. So I want to yeah. like we do the first two volumes here, and then this time next year go do volumes yeah. three and four. Well, or wait, something. wait till you guys get to read volume two because then you'll know why it had to be volume uh, okay. one and two. Looking right. forward yeah. to it. Well, yeah. so that's my next pick week. was shorter. <laughs> uh, uh, mine was shorter again. Mine was three issues. Yeah, but well, they were long of, issues. I read there two volumes issues. for this though. We did two volumes. JSA and. 
That's it's true. It's still shorter. True. And, and, and mine were three prestige format yeah, books. Yeah. So there you go. Um, uh, so that's next week. Uh, uh, Spider Jerusalem is coming, guys. Oh, yeah. He's coming. He's coming. He certainly shouldn't is. have lost the beard, though. I like the beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, start, Alan Moore beard. Exactly. It starts up looking like Alan Moore, ends yeah. up looking living like Grant in a Morrison. Cabin, living in a cabin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely in right. Yeah. But that's next week. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you want to send us any feedback like Lewis did this week, you can send it to feedback at behindthepanels.net. You can drop us a line on Facebook at facebook.com slash behindthepanels. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at behindthepanels. Or you can look at everything we do, including our other shows on geekactually.com. We can subscribe to our iTunes feeds and go to our Stitcher uh, address as well. Uh, you can check out our other shows, Film Actually, uh, which is a show about film. Actually, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I think we've got a couple of different things coming up, and and we will be doing the Hobbit on that some stage. Shortly. At some stage, maybe after its general release, though. So. Yes, because of timing and working mm. and schedules and flavor, and flavor, and, uh, and the, of course, the ex- we should mention that the Exodus Gods and whatever the garbage is called. <laughs> Is not actually happening this week as we thought it was going to happen. No, because of scheduling. Because none of us could be asked seeing Exodus. Well, except for Dave Lowe, <laughs> who actually went to yeah. see it. <laughs> but it's also bad, we've got some no, we've got no. some scheduling conflicts, yeah. which means that there won't be a film actually this week. But it will be back it's, before it's Christmas. It's been a busy week. Lord. It has been a horrible week. Um, <coughs> and uh, the other podcast, of course, is Podcast Pillow Fort, which uh, will be this week. Which will be coming out this week. Uh, episode. Five, our all-segment spectacular. That's the show I do with Amy Barker, and it's a lot of fun. It's a podcast about podcasts. So if you ever find yourself... Meta. Meta. And we actually have a short episode coming out on the tail of that one, uh, which is called... Double Meta. Double Meta. (laughs) It's a new mini-series of mini-episodes we've got called... which is a short version of the <laughs> podcast Fellow Fort. And uh, this is going to be a mini episode where we review a podcast. It's about a podcast about a podcast. So we are a podcast talking about a podcast. It's reviewing a podcast. It gets met- meta, meta, meta. <laughs> I'm Inception. Uh, it's Inception. I tell you what, we're getting into Inception levels of podcasts. All I'm going to say to that is mind blown. <laughs> and I'm going to pull that meta, meta, meta and play that on a future episode. But go and check all that out uh, either at uh, behindthepanels.net, geekaxley.com or podcast, podcastpillowfort.com. That's where you can find all of our stuff it's online. A you can find me on Twitter it's mostly. <laughs> it's a pillow. It's a pet. It's a pillow. Pet. Uh, hey, we can- should all do a crossover. One epic, one epic crossover. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, the four of us in one how room. We, no, we'd review. We'd review a comic book that's <clears throat> talking about a film. No, we'd review oh, the show. How, how would it? We'd be? review yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, we review. Which is reviewing the comic. No, no, no. Which is reviewing the comic book adaptation of podcast. We'd review a film episode of this show. Richard, Richard, film actually goes on podcast SmackDown. We're we're behind the panels. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Oh dear. Oh. oh. Triple meta. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um, I've forgotten. Totally. You just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> I think we need to end this show now because I have no idea what we're doing anymore. Uh, we're in the fifth dimension. You can find me on the Twitters at DVD Bits, uh, and that's about and all those websites I mentioned. David, you where can, can we find, find you? You can find me on the Twitters at David McVeigh and everything you and mentioned. Richard before. can tell you where you can find me. You can find him uh, straight. Corners mostly. Uh, you can Pissing find against him. the dumpster. Pissing against the dumpster. <laughs> I'm going to watch Exodus again. You can find him watching Exodus again. Uh, he'll be the only one in the cinema. 
and or on actually tw- it was pretty packed surprisingly on, on Twitter at Dave Longo or you can maybe find him at damngoodcup.com I don't know if he's renewed the lease or not last week he was unsure I've got like 30 days left I still haven't renewed it if you'd like to see Dave renew damngoodcup.com I'm gonna make a series feedback at behind the damngoodcup yes <laughs> No, I was gonna say I'll, I'll, do, yes. I'll do I'll do a reality show where for the next thirty days I'll give a while one hour update every day. <laughs> you should change the follow ne- him around if as you, he decides whether to renew the lease on a website. If, if you want more hits on your site, I reckon you should change it to um, two girls one damn good cup dot com. No, I'll, cha- I'll change it to Star Wars Episode Seven. <laughs> Until next week. I'm Richard. What the hell am I doing here, Gray? <laughs> I'm David McVeigh. Dave Logger. As if we didn't know already. <laughs> and this has been some kind of behind the panels. <laughs> <laughs>